That's good. Okay. Hi, guys. Little self-imposed technical difficulties there. Thank you for bringing us the worship, Greg. That was, I might be a little prejudiced, but I thought it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Amen. Wow. It's over. This is the end. You might as well give up right now. You're too old. You should have done it a long time ago. <sighs> Man, there's nothing you can do. Just give it up. Do these voices sound familiar to you? Sometimes every day. Sometimes every moment. Hopefully it's not further and further in between. These are the voices that we all deal with. I don't care who you are. We all deal with these kind of voices from time to time in our head. Why? Because there is a master deceiver out there who's creating a spiritual battle. Fiery darts are flying right at you. There's something unseen influencing what we can see. We can spend our time trying to deal with what we can see and never get to the real unseen issues in our life quiet things, the things that are in here. The enemy's always scheming against you. We got to pull back the curtain and expose him. Let him know that we have our eyes on him. We're watching him. We're on to what he's trying to do in our lives. We need to learn to speak back at him. Satan should be afraid when he sees you coming, son or daughter of the king, because of who, who you carry inside of you. Who do we carry inside of us? Yes, Holy Spirit walks with us everywhere we go. Where are you taking him? Mm. That wasn't in my notes. <laughs> Satan knows that we're forgiven that the victory is ours, that we're competent by the Spirit in us. He knows all that you've been set free from. He knows the victory is yours. He knows that there should be no condemnation, no guilt, no shame for those who are in Christ Jesus. The victory that you should be walking in. And that's why he spends all of his time, time to make you not believe it, to keep you defeated. Anything in the natural world cannot take care of the natural, supernatural darts that the enemy throws at us. He wants to make you believe that it's something flesh and blood, your boss, your spouse, your kids, maybe even yourself, that's the problem. So that you are constantly trying to throw the wrong weapon at it. I recently had to deal with those negative voices, trying to put a separation between Greg and I. I have his permission to share this. <laughs> you guys know that Greg and I are, we try to be an open book with you guys because we're human just like you, right? So Greg was planning a three-week driving trip to the East Coast to deliver one table to a client of ours. 
and he would be gone for three weeks, and I wasn't okay with that, and he wasn't okay with it either, because we don't like to be apart that long. I couldn't go because I was still teaching school. So I came up with this idea of, of him flying instead because he was going to do that part of the trip, and on his way back he had two more stops, all business-related, so it made it a three-week trip. And so I said, why don't you fly, and then he can be home a couple days in between all those trips, right? And probably save some money on gas and hotel because you know how jacked up those are right now. So we decided he would fly. And... Um, the first, the first night that he was there, well, the first day, I don't remember when he arrived. Anyway, he arrived and he wasn't feeling well. So therefore, he was not sleeping well. And um, we talked. And then that night, I went to the elders meeting. And Doug was passing around a piece of paper to fill in some slots during the summer that when he was like right now, when him and Sandy were going to be gone, and there were, by the time it got to me, there were three weeks in a row left. Now, I knew Greg had been working on the message that he did last week, and I was working on this message, even though we weren't on the books to do anything. We were working on messages. I'm not done. <laughs> Would you like to come give the testimony, babe? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Um, now I lost track. <laughs> That's okay. I'll find it. I will find it. What did you say, Louis? Three weeks in a row. Right. Okay. So we were signing up to fill in for Doug when he was gone. And I signed up Greg and I. And um, anyway, the next morning I called him all excited that we were both going to get to share. And I thought he would be happy too. Well, that's not what happened. He, uh, remember... He wasn't feeling well. So instead of being happy about my news, he was upset that I had potentially was postponing that trip again without asking him about his schedule. Now, this is totally out of character for the way Greg reacted to me. Um, and I knew that. Regardless, the next morning, I woke up with those voices in my head. Yeah, it wasn't cool. Man! I thought he'd be happy I signed him up. He just thanked me for speaking into his life when I talked to him on the phone yesterday about the flying thing. And he encouraged me to do it more. And wow, that didn't work very well. And then I had the thought, well, I thought he'd be grateful. Oh, well. Well, those voices could have snowballed into an avalanche like they often do with us, right? But I knew better. So I took those voices captive. I kicked the devil in the face. So not today, Satan. Nope. You can't have my thoughts. And I started thinking things like, you know, Greg wasn't feeling well. He's not himself right now. I know Greg loves me and his heart was not to hurt me. And then I prayed that he would realize what had taken place and apologize. And then I went to sleep. The next morning, Greg called me before I got a chance to call him. And before I could say a word, he was apologizing for, the, for his reaction. 
And then we talked it out. We must speak back to the voices the enemy of the enemy with the voice of truth, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Just like Jesus in the wilderness did. In Matthew 4, the spirit took Jesus out to the wilderness. Some versions say desert. To have him tested and tempted. He was out there for 40 days and 40 nights, fasting and praying, and then guess who showed up? Mm-hmm. The enemy. He came to make him doubt and fail. And you know, in the second part, when the enemy took him up to the top of the mountain and told him to jump off, he even used scripture at Jesus. That didn't go over so well, because Jesus was already using scripture back at him in every three of those accounts that the enemy was trying to tempt him to fail. Jesus threw scripture back at him. We can do that too. The word of God is our sword to use against the enemy, not just in our thoughts. We have to drive back the negative voices by speaking positively and in truth. The voice that tells us, no, we're not good enough or gifted enough. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're too old now. All of those voices, yeah. We need to shut them up. They're the negative voices in our head that are keeping us from living our best life in Christ. They squash the promises of God in your life. As we are saved, our minds should be renewed right along with our lives being transformed. We must remember that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. When it's all been said and done, who wins? Does the enemy win? No, no way. We win. Yep. Our Savior went to the cross, so we win. Yep. He doesn't win. But that him not winning can start right now. You don't have to wait till the end of time. Start kicking him in the teeth right now. So instead of him keeping you defeated and running frantic, how about you keep him defeated and running frantic, trying to keep you from your full potential in Christ? Make the darkness tremble, Christian. Stop listening to the voices that stop you from moving forward. They stop you from buying into your own life. They keep you from relaxing and enjoying where you are in the good times, instead always wondering when it's going to change, when the bad times are going to come again. We need faith in the good times as well as the bad times. We need to understand that the goodness of God is everlasting. It's not going anywhere, no matter where you are in your walk with him. His goodness is always going to be there. We must muzzle the voices that keep speaking the lies over us, telling us that we'll never make it, the lies that bring in the fear and the questioning. When things are going well, the enemy loves to bring up a memory of when it wasn't, to bring the fear back in. He wants to take the focus off the blessings and the goodness you're living in. He whispers, this isn't going to last. Don't relax and get comfortable. If we listen to that voice, we never get a moment to breathe. We need to be able to rest in what God has done. Whether it's the love in our marriage, 
or the job that you know that God had a hand in you getting. Maybe you got pregnant and the doctor said it was impossible. Maybe you were healed of an incurable disease. Maybe it was even terminal. If we spend our time worried about it, about if or when those things may change, we miss out on the full blessing that goes with what we received. Remember, Satan wants you defeated and will do anything. Anything. Say anything. Anything to make you defeated. He knows our weaknesses and he uses them against us. If I spend my days worried about if or when those things may change, when I'm living in the good times, we're missing out on the full blessing that goes with everything that we received. If I spend my days worried about the next disagreement with my spouse, or for some of you, maybe it's even the D word, divorce, instead of loving and serving my spouse the way that I want to be loved, the way that God loves me, I'm doing both of us a big disservice and not fully trusting the goodness of God and his blessings in my life. If I've been healed of an illness and have allowed the fear to come back in, worried that maybe I'm not really healed, it's going to come back. Instead of living in my healing and telling others about it, I'm getting ripped off from the enemy. We should be telling of God's amazing healings and goodness in our lives, sharing those things. The woman that was healed just by touching Jesus' garment had to believe that she would be healed. Do you think that she would have been healed if she was listening to those voices in her head that said, why would Jesus heal you? Who do you think you are? You're nobody of significance. Nope. She didn't listen to that. She grabbed her miracle because she didn't give heed to the voice of the enemy. She snatched it. She went for it. She went through that crowd and she snatched it. And she didn't allow the enemy to steal the promises of God in her life. You have full rights and privileges granted to you, son or daughter of the king. You have been specifically chosen, 1 Peter 2.9, and adopted by God. The mercy of God can snatch you out of any pit that you've fallen into. Increasing your faith can silence the voices before they get out of control. Remember the story I just told you about me and Greg, those voices in my head? Snowballing. We've got to grab them, keep them captive, not let them go. But how do we do that? In, Eph in, in Ephesians 6, Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus about having victory in their Christ Christian life. He's talking about the armor of God, the shield of faith specifically. With the shield of faith, we can extinguish the fiery darts. But how, can, how do we re raise our shield of faith to do that? How do we increase our faith? How can we be victorious, as it says we are in 1 John 4, 4? Overcomers, it says in Revelation 12, 11. First, 
As we spend time in the Word, our faith is increased. As we spend time reading and memorizing God's Word, we learn that we are a new creation. 2 Corinthians, 2, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. We have purpose, Ephesians 2, 10. We are protected, 1 John 5, 18. And we have resurrection power, Ephesians 1, 19 through 20. Think about that for a minute. If we have resurrection power in us to raise the dead like Jesus did, don't you think that same power is powerful enough to silence those voices? I do, yeah. Too often I think we just entertain the voices. We go with them. Maybe because that's what we're used to doing. But we are told to take every thought captive in 2 Corinthians 10.5. Can you imagine life, your life, my life, if everyone spoke to the truth to those negative voices? Start speaking truth over your life. And stop reactively think, speaking. Sometimes those voices are just for us, but sometimes they come out our mouth. And they can be very damaging, right? The Bible is full of truths of who we are in Christ and what we carry as his followers. As we learn who we are in Christ and what we have in him, our faith is increased. And it's easier to combat the voices. The deeper we get into the word of God, the deeper our faith will grow. I'm going to read uh, Romans 10, 17, if you want to turn there with me. Romans 10, 17. I'll give you a second. Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, being in the word of God. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. Testimonies are another way our faith can be increased. Hearing what God has done for other and Christians can increase our faith, especially if you know the person firsthand and you know they were struggling financially and you saw God's provide for them or you know that they needed healing from something and you hear the testimony of their, of their healing. Whatever it is, testimony. The word says, the word of our testimony. Testimonies can build our own sense of expectation of God working and moving in our own lives. I asked Newton Hayes to do um, a testimony of something that he was recently dealing with. Is anybody up there? Okay, God. What are you guys all doing? Sitting down? Just kidding. I'm at work. No, I'm not. I'm camping right now. Right now. <laughs> anyway, Teresa asked me to give a testimony. Or, so recently at um, the worship uh, retreat, I actually gave my testimony, recent testimony. 
I had developed a, an issue with drinking alcohol. I uh, really enjoyed having a few beers every night, every night. Um, and it was a problem. <clears throat> and I knew it was a problem. And I consistently, over a long period of time, would, um, you know, uh, deny myself and, and uh, <clears throat> was able to actually stop drinking for, you know, a week, maybe a month, uh, over periods of time. And this, it was going on for longer than a year of just consistent drinking, um, actually for quite some time, uh, to be honest. I'm not going to tell you exactly how long. <laughs> it was a long time. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> Teresa wanted me to talk about the voices. Um, you know, when I would, it was, it was always when I was thirsty, right? Um, uh, I needed water, but, uh, but my mind, my demonic activity was asking me uh, or telling me, hey, it's time to drink. It's lunchtime, I'm thirsty at work. Time to go get a beer. Uh, sitting down in the evening, thirsty. Time to have a beer. <clears throat> and uh, I mean, it, would, it was just that consistent nag, right? Uh, but I had to, had to get it, it was addiction. And I knew it was addiction and, and um, I couldn't actually combat the voices if that's what you want to call it, the, the, the draw. I would try over and over and over, uh, right? To take those thoughts captive. But there's only one way to take those thoughts captive. First, I needed to be delivered. <clears throat> Addiction is demonic. And I recognized it as demonic. And Addiction is anything that is uh, killing you, destroying you, separating you. It, it's sin, right? <clears throat> it's one of the more obvious sins. Sin is just disobedience, right? Lawlessness. But um, <clears throat> I knew it was sin. I knew it was drawing me away from the Lord, and I knew that I needed deliverance. Uh, so uh, hopefully Jay's here. I asked Jay one day, um, actually April 7th, uh, if he would pray for me when we saw each other. And he said, absolutely. April 9th was Sunday. And uh, <clears throat> Jay asked me to come up uh, during church worship. He said, hey, man, when you feel the Holy Spirit, come up front and we're going to pray. And I said, oh, okay. Here at church? <laughs> as long as you do it quietly, right? <clears throat> And I just, I knew in my spirit that I, I wanted this to be over with and I didn't really care who or what or, I mean, I love you guys. I don't want you guys to think I'm some lawless freak, but um, I didn't care. Uh, you know, I know, I know I needed deliverance and I know the only answer was Jesus. Um, so I went up and uh, Jay prayed for me, which was the crazy thing was, Jay told me later, he's like, well, I didn't really feel anything. And I go, you know, you know why, right? Because that wasn't for you. It was for me. <laughs> and I didn't feel an immediate. I felt the Holy Spirit for sure. But you know what? I left there and I, I knew that I had been delivered. 
And that was the thing. That was my thought captive, right? The thought captive is faith. I had to have faith that I was delivered. And then I had to act on that, okay? <clears throat> that prayer, that anointing of oil that Jay always has, thank God, <clears throat> I was delivered. And uh, ever since April 9th, uh, I haven't had a desire to drink alcohol. Um, that part of my life is over with. Those thoughts have been taken captive by Jesus uh, because we can't do it alone, right? Uh, Jean Guyon, Madame Jean Guyon, amazing uh, French mystic from late 1600s, 1400s. Um, she says, you can try all you want through self-denial to, to get rid of the sin in your life, but self-denial is never going to work. It's only in most cases going to exacerbate those issues. So she says, the only answer is to turn your soul inward to an ever present God. So I turned my soul inward. Jesus is in me and he's always with me, even in my addiction. But I'm no longer addicted because I've turned my soul inward to Jesus, the lover of my soul. Anyway, hope that helps the message. Love you all. What are you guys all? <laughs> Thank you, Newt. Hopefully you'll hear yourself later. <laughs> Wasn't that powerful? He was open to what God wanted for him. He stopped listening to the lies of the enemy. He kicked him in the mouth. He said, you shut your mouth. I'm done with you. And he got his victory. Amen. Amen. Remembering events in our lives and realizing the hand of God in those events can be faith increasing also. Often in the middle of our storm, we don't see God working on our behalf. All we see is the storm in front of us, the chaos, the trauma, whatever it is. But looking back, often we have a wow moment. <gasps> I see God's hand of provision there. I see God was protecting me. He was walking through that storm with me the whole time. And I forgot about that because I didn't feel him. Sometimes we don't feel him when we're in the middle of our storm, right? Sometimes we feel all alone. That's when we have to fight those voices in our head and remember we're never alone as children of God. He take, wherever you go, he's with you. Regular fellowship with other believers and hearing what God is doing in their lives as well as sharing your own stories will increase your faith. The word says in Proverbs 27, iron sharpens iron. Now, if I'm over here as iron and you're over here and we're both in our own homes and we don't come to church or we don't go to home group or we don't ever do anything, how are we going to sharpen each other? Iron has to be together to sharpen, right? You got to be separate. It is so vital that God wouldn't have put it in his word. If it wasn't important, right? 
When the voice says you can't do it, give up, you're defeated, say back to the voice, the word of God says, I am protected in 1 John 5.18. I am strong, Philippians 4.13. I have the mind of Christ. Defeat Satan and his minions with your own voice speaking back to him. Faith is having trust and confidence in God. Knowing him better helps us understand that we can safely trust him. If your faith is as small as a mustard seed, that's so tiny, I, yeah, my fingers have to be together to hold it, right? If that's how small your faith is, use it and see what God will do with it. Some of us just need to evict the enemy out of our head. Make a stand. Claim the victory that is ours in Christ. Many times our thoughts just need a good cleansing from our Savior of the lies that try to defeat us. Philippians 4, 8. I'm going to read this on my phone because I like this other version. Um, it says, keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real and honorable. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually, continually on these things. Think on those things. And don't give heed to those negative thoughts, those voices in your head. We must be ready and trained to overthrow the enemy, stand up against his assaults, because our shield of faith will quench the fiery darts. We must learn how, our, how to use our weapons of the spirit that are mighty through God. The Lord is a warrior that fights on our behalf. We're not out there doing it on our own. Just the sound of his voice is mighty in battle. He's a man of war, but he's also our father. He will battle with, through, and for his kids. So what are the negative voices in your head that are keeping you from living your best life in Christ? If you're tired of Satan messing with your head and are ready to evict him, Say this declaration with me. Satan, consider this a notice that I am done with you, messing with my head and my life. I'm divorcing you and breaking all agreements with you. When you throw your fiery darts, expect the two-edged sword to come your way, the word of God. When you put guilt and shame on me, I will remind you that I am forgiven. When you tell me that I'm not enough, I will remind you of who I am in Christ and that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. When you tell me I'm not strong enough, I will remind you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you tell me I'm worthless, I will speak the truth to you that I have purpose as it says in Ephesians 2. So go ahead and remind me of my past and I will remind you of your future. Now, if you made that declaration and you actually walk it out, 
Don't expect the enemy to just pack his bags and quietly leave. Expect him to go on the attack. Because he's like a two-year-old, maybe a cranky, tired two-year-old, that throws a temper tantrum when they don't get their way. And he might need a good spanking to be convinced that you are serious. So if you're serious, be prepared. Because he doesn't like it. No matter what you say, speak it as the living truth of God. The truth will set you free. We're going to listen to this a song. I want you to really listen to the words. I wanted to have it up on the screen, but it wasn't working. So um, this is by Lauren Daigle called You Say. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not 